market. The S&P, the ISX. This is Motley Fool Money. Welcome to Motley Fool Money, the podcast that's looking forward to the end of the Christmas party hangover season. Man, what a season it's been. I'm Andrew Page, and with me, as always, is Scott Phillips. Dragging myself out from under the desk and having a Coke Zero. <laughs> that's a good call, Dr. Coke. So on the podcast today, the year in review, or put it another way, what the hell just happened? We take a look at 2016. We also have a look at where we are right now, the state of play in the Aussie economy. We take you through some of the bigger numbers, and then we cast our gaze forward. We look into the crystal ball and say, what does 2017 have in store for us? So Scott, let's yes. go back to the beginning of 2016. It feels idea. like a million years ago I think now. it probably was. Uh, there was a time pre-Donald Trump, it turns out. Mate, <laughs> you could not have called it, could you? But the funny Absolutely thing is not. that's just one of a million things that you couldn't oh, have called. Mate. So let's start Let's start as, as close as we can to the beginning. When you look at 2016, what was what was one of the, perhaps the, the first big surprise that, that stood out for you? Dear, oh dear, there have been, there've been so many. I think this is the, well, maybe the big message is that there's so many surprises you couldn't have imagined them all. The one um, constant is change, right? Well, it's remember we kind of started the year and there was talk about a UK referendum or whether the UK would stay in, no, in the that's EU. That's never going to happen. Exactly. That's never going to happen. Don't worry about it. It's fine. David Cameron, the then UK Prime Minister, said, we'll hold a referendum. How bad can it be? I'll, I'll put this to bed once and for all. Clearly, we're going to stay in the European Union. Clearly, nothing's going to change. That's all the polls are saying. That. Stop worrying, right? Okay. So at the time, I think we were probably freaking out about China. We were worried about Greece. Oh, China. Yes, of Italy. Course. We were worried about The something. mining boom. We were, yeah, oh, it, was it was all about that. It's all about that, that. That was a big story. <laughs> read anything about it recently commodity prices i mean they just crashed <laughs> through the floor didn't they just, all over oh man mind god. you gold was riding high gold gold, gold was, absolutely gold, took off yeah, so yeah, we yeah. started the year with gold at a really low price the gold miners in australia were doing not much at all and all of a sudden off went the gold price and that was the first big move of 2016 the gold price was flying high hit you know 16 17 1800 bucks an ounce it was doing really great things up 20 30 40 50 percent on an absolute tear. Yeah. What happened then? What happened? Yeah. After well, that? so after that, it wasn't so good. Um, <laughs> Moving right along. The gold bugs just switched off the podcast. Sorry, guys. Sorry. Um, look, yeah, it's it's crashed back down now, and in fact, it might well finish the year below where it started. Man, which is just an man, amazing we'll get, set of it's, circumstances. It's, uh, similar situation, but reversed with with uh, commodities, right? So, you know, look what happened with oil and with iron ore right, and with right, coal. Right. Just crashed. Let's and... not get ahead of ourselves because there's a few things that happen in between there. Okay. okay so we started okay, the okay. year on a low. Okay. With no no uh, no Brexit happening, no. And well, then... actually, there's not just not only did Brexit not happen, but the yeah. way that the market reacted to that. Sorry, that Brexit did happen. The way the market reacted, that was also against what everyone was expecting. Well, so here's the thing: the market said, "Oh, Brexit, no worries, not going to happen. Don't worry about it." So we went as usual. Got to that fr- fateful Friday morning, and all of a sudden the Poms went to the polls. Oh, bugger! And yeah. the Poms came out and said, "Yeah, you know the whole you." Experiment. Well, yeah, we don't really like that Screw very that. much. Yep. We'll, we'll 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 put our walls back up. Thanks around around our island, and we'll we'll, we'll keep, it, keep it to ourselves. And as a result, the stock markets absolutely plummeted, mm. and the pound fell, and mm. all hell broke loose mm. for about two days. <laughs> and then, lit, yeah, so yeah, so, were, so, so, so nothing's going to happen. So headline: Brexit not going to happen. Don't worry. Then it was, oh bugger, Brexit happened. Quick worry. <laughs> and then a couple of days later, it was like. Yeah, Brexit happened, but um, it, it's okay. No, don't don't worry anymore. Yeah, and this is this never is gets the, mentioned oh, anymore. Mate, or it's is, only a little while later. This is the folly of ancient, of, of, ancient of trying to do this stuff, right? Yeah. So not only was it not only was it it happened, and it wasn't supposed to happen, but when it did happen, the market kind of eventually shrugged it off. Now, yes, the pound is still down, but equities markets are now are higher than they were. They were higher after about two weeks, frankly, mm. and they're now much higher than they were back then. The market simply shrugged it off and said, "Oh well, it, it'll it'll work itself out. Things will be okay. Let's just get on with it." 
So that was Brexit. Okay, that was that one. And that was going to be the big geopolitical shock of 2016. Yeah. And then there came Donald Trump. Donald Trump. Donald Trump. Which we've talked about extensively. property magnate, reality TV star. And now, Donald J. Trump, U.S. president The walking joke that is the, the next leader of the free world. <laughs> yeah. That's and the same kind of scenario. <laughs> Let's not get into that. No. So the same kind of scenario, though. Not only was that unpredicted, but then how the market reacted. Right. That was a shock as well. And this is, and this is the, like, again, this is, I, honestly, they should, if you're going to teach anything in history class and maybe, maybe in investment history class, this year is the year they should be choosing. Because leading up to, again, exactly the same thing, leading up to the election, on the morning of the election, I know this for a fact, Andrew, because I vote, I, I bet on it. In the morning of the election, Donald Trump was a six to one mm. chance, and Hillary Clinton paid a dollar sixteen. Mm. I know exactly it was all sixteen because I put some money on dollar sixteen, <laughs> thinking, how badly could this go? I, this is you, money for you, jam. You back the wrong. Party, the election is three friend. hours away. Yeah. I can put two hundred bucks on this and make a, a little, not a lot, but geez, yeah. it's an it's an easy money, right? It's free cash. Yeah, it's free cash. Annualize that. And then it didn't happen. So mm. I lost all my money. Mm. And that's the lesson on betting, which is a whole different conversation. Mm-hmm. So Donald Trump won. And the markets went, had an absolute fit. The US market was closed. The Australian market was open. And shares fell down 4% at one point. Yeah. Just absolutely through the floor. Big headlines in the papers. Market crashes. Trillions wiped off, et cetera, et cetera. And then the next day, the US markets opened. Mm. And Donald Trump, the joke that was going to destroy the US economy, uncharted territory, things are going to go to tripe. And the share market went up. It went up. And so Australia the next day went, oh, oops, our mistake. And we went up too. And so 24 hours after a 4% fall, we're actually in the green. We're actually in positive territory. And Donald Trump was the savior of the world. He was going to fix the economy. He was going to fix the economic issues. And all of a sudden, everything was, was the the, the clouds had parted. The sun was shining. The Messiah had arrived and everything was okay again. So any other major upsets from 2016? Well, so here's the thing. So to your point you started to make before, Donald Trump is the, you know, in the market's view, the president for infrastructure, right. the president for spending, the president for construction, and he may well be. Yeah. And so we saw iron ore fly back through the roof. We saw coal go back up, oil go back up, yeah. and all of a sudden everything's back on again. Yeah. And so we started the year with gold flying high and, a com- and the rest of the commodity basket in the toilet. Yeah. And we're going to end the year probably in exactly the reverse position mm. that no one could have expected. You could have got a lot of money on oil being 80 bucks a barrel or iron ore being 80 bucks a ton yep. at this time. If you 12 months ago, you could have got very, very long odds on that. Yeah. It has been an absolutely spectacular result. And again, no, no one could have picked any of these things. If you just said, what odds would you get on Brexit? Mm. Right? Probably longish odds. And then assume Brexit, the market goes up. Well, that's even longer odds again. And then in a Donald Trump victory, longer odds again. Mm. And then the US market being up after a Trump victory, you're getting 101 territory. This is, this is you know, it's unpredictable stuff. Mm. The market would have bet very, very big against this sort of scenario. And yet, and yet that's exactly what happened. So the market's still going to end up for the year, calendar <laughs> year, right? We're yeah. still going to, like, you know, 30, you know, things could change. But, you know, as the year ticks, to, uh, ticks over, uh, we'll still be in a better position on average than we were to begin with. Right. And here's the thing. If you own bank shares, your shares are going up because US rates are going up. We talked about that last week. Mm. Uh, you know, Australian rates are probably going to go up this year. Mm. Net interest margins, which is the difference between what the banks pay and what they make. Mm-hmm. Um, are going to grow as rates go up. And so the bank shares are all of a sudden off to the races too. Mm. That's been a really big move this year. Other things we've seen this year, mergers and acquisitions. We had the IPO season kind of come to something of a, a shuddering halt earlier in the year, but the mergers and acquisitions story is well and truly underway. Mm. A couple of outdoor media companies have merged, APN and U Media. You might have seen those brands on billboards around the country. They're going to merge. We've seen Tats and Tabcorp do a deal. Mm. There's been a lot going on in, in, in corporate world. There's a lot of money on people's balance sheets. And mm. they're finally, finally, mm. really... 
not since the GFC has there been such a, a move around M&A, but mergers and acquisitions now seem to be the big story as we reach the end of 2016. Mm. Of course, there's still a week to go. Who knows what happens next? Uh, yeah, that's right. Could, the, could be anything based on what's happened so far. Mate, honestly, by the time this goes to air, it could be all out the window. <laughs> exactly. I'll give you one interesting stat. So the market's going to be up this year. So if you look at rolling 10-year periods, so you just every year you, you make an investment in the market, you hold it for 10 years. Yep. And you look at every 10-year period since 1915, so 100 years or so. Right. Um, there's only, there's only been two periods, 10 year periods where you've actually seen the market down. Right. Interestingly enough, despite the market being up this year, mm. if things stay the same, this will be the third ever time we've seen a 10 year period where the market's gone down. So 2006 through to the end of this one, mm. it's actually going to be down. That include dividends? It does not include dividends. Oh, include here divi- we go. Yeah. Here we go. Well, you've got to include dividends, right? But right. calculation gets harder. So I, <laughs> so I stopped it. I stopped at that point. Good, uh, that, that's a good lesson though, right? There's two lessons there. One is that the market doesn't always go up and it certainly doesn't go up in a straight line. And yep. so expecting volatility, you know, and despite that, Andrew, you've just said that the market was down over a decade. Yeah. And you're still going to keep investing as you would any other time, right? Because yep. the long-term trajectory is up. The other thing is never, ever, ever listen to anyone unless they include dividends in their calculations. Dividends are somewhere between 40 and 50% of the total market return here in Australia. And if you exclude those numbers, you're not giving yourself a reasonable view of what's happening. It's like talking about an investment property without including rent. Right, exactly. I mean, you know. Uh, it's crazy. Okay. Well, the cost of running a car without including petrol. Yeah. Right? You know, it's only half the story. I'm really good at analogies. Stick, um, stick with us, Phil. Now, we, we will... <laughs> that, that was 2016. Yes. Uh, uh, so, like, sum it all up for me here. What's what's the takeaway? We're bringing the year to a close, Andrew. So, let's look at a couple of key, a couple of key stats, right? So, where are we right now? The unemployment rate, this just last week, went up from 56 to 5.7%. Now, up, unemployment is never good. On the flip side... This is a really low number in historical context. So mm. in the past 30 or 40 years, a number with a five in front of it, we're at 5.7% now, was actually a really, really good result. We tend to we tend to bottom out around five, five and a half. They consider it full employment at 5%, the economy. Yeah, four and a half, five percent. You know, it's, so look, it could be a little bit lower. Yes, of course it could. Sure. Um, could be a lot higher. Well, yeah, it has been. And, yeah. and again, over the last 30 years, when it's below six, that's about the bottom of the range. Yeah. Our, our economy simply just works that way that mm. when it gets below that, wages start to go up and it just changes the dynamics a little bit. So five point something, terrible for those people who are out of work and we, we, don't, we don't lightly, you know, um, ignore that. No. But for those people who have jobs and frankly for the overall economy, that's probably pretty good. I think if we're going to give unemployment a grade, I'd probably say a solid B plus, I reckon. What do you reckon? Oh, man. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to throw a few wrinkles into that oh, as well. God, Sorry, mate. No. I apologize in advance. Uh, Sorry, so what's interesting, behalf. what is interesting about that is that you've actually seen the, 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 although unemployment has been pretty good overall, there has been a very noticeable change in the mix of employment. So full-time jobs, have actually not been doing well for a while now. And what's what sort of kept the unemployment rate low is there's been a big increase in part-time jobs. Right. And again, just, I mean, it doesn't mean that the world's coming to an end, but it does, I think it does, it's an important reminder to sort of say that there is a difference between 5.7% with everyone with a full-time job and an unemployment rate of 5.7% where there's a bunch of people who would, if they could, work more. Under, right. Underemployment. All right, negative called. Nigel, give me a, give me a, give me a score. I'm, I'm going with B+. Plus. What are you going with? Uh, I'm going to go B. You're a tough judge. Just, just to be below you. Motley Fool Money. For more, go to fool.com.au forward slash triple M. Yep. All right. Now, because I know you're going to be negative about it, I'm going to start you off. I'm going to let you go first with GDP. So well, gross domestic product, the amount of stuff we make, 
in the economy? Yes, we we had a. What big, are you thinking? Well, look, it's it's been pretty good for a long time, mm. and then uh, in the 24 last twenty four and a half years of unbroken growth without a recession. right? So that's so a recession is two technically is a is two consecutive quarters of negative growth. Negative right. growth is always one of those funny terms. <laughs> I mean, it went down for, for two consecutive, and we yeah. haven't had that. To your point. Um, for over a hundred quarters, and it's, right. I think we're on track to 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 get the world record in that in just a, a few quarters time. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. So uh, that could well happen. The last GDP read, though, yes, the September quarter. Ooh, that was pretty nasty. Was. Uh, it was a it was a very big fall. Um, uh, well, relatively very big. Relative, look, certainly much bigger than everyone was expecting. Correct. And that means that if we get another quarter, we are technically in recession. So September quarter minus zero point five. Yep. Anything less than zero for December. The big R word gets in the front page. It of the is, papers. and we are we are in recession. So, uh, so what was your question? <laughs> <laughs> so GDP, where are we at? Yeah, last quarter was negative. Yep. Overall, if you had to give the economy a score on GDP, what are you thinking? Look, there's. Well, I think what we have to state here is we've got to talk about where we are now and, and distinguish that from where we think we might be six, twelve, correct, 10 right, years, now. ten years hence. But I would have to say, if you look at things right now, I. And, not notwithstanding that last uh, fairly uh, poor read, mm -hmm. I'd say we're overall okay. I'm going to give it another B. A B. I can see what's going to happen here. You're going to be you're going to be on the negative side and the positive side. I'm going with. And I could have gone with F. I think <laughs> I think B is not too bad. Frankly. I'm going with another B plus for the economy. Okay. I have to say okay. I think you know the, the 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 strength of the Australian economy, despite the headwinds that we've sailed into, rising rates, falling mining revenues, all that kind of stuff that's been going on. If we can finish the year we have in, in positive territory mm. overall on an annualised basis. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the number was negative September. Partly in my thoughts are what most economists are saying, which is it was a one-off, effectively a rogue number for a whole lot of reasons that are unlikely to be repeated. And so mm -hmm. most economists saying that they expect the December quarter to be to be strong. So, well, economists look, are always right, so we can put that in the bank. <laughs> exactly. Right? In hindsight, this could this could well be a, a C minus. You know, if 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 December quarter is a negative, then I'm gonna I'm gonna downgrade the mark pretty badly. Right now, I'm I'm actually on their page. I do think it's going to be a decent number. Mm -hmm. um, so I'll, I'm going to go for another B plus. All right, let's talk about interest rates. <laughs> Favorite Everyone's topic. favorite topic. <laughs> so they're pretty low, right? Oh, they they're pretty lower, low. They? Uh, well, you know, for, again, you know, the boffins were all sort of saying there for a while, a bit of an easing bias is the technical. Mm. So we think it's mm. going to be more likely to go down than not. Yep. But with what's happening in the US and interest rates going there, there's a bit of an expectation that that will start to increase a little bit. Yeah. In fact, the, the, the financial markets, about two or three weeks ago, the financial markets for the first time since the GFC, I think I'm right in saying, actually had the odds of a rate rise being greater than the odds of a cut. And that's the mm. first time it's happened since the GFC. So that really does talk to what the what the market is expecting. And mm -hmm. I think that's probably right. I think there's a very good chance the next lot of rate rises will be, the next rate change so will be up. All of that said, the question is, where are we right now? Gee, with a cash rate of 1.5%, it just doesn't get much lower. It's amazing. Um, yeah. You could you could take a, a pessimistic view and say, well, if rates are this low, therefore things are, are crap. And, mm. and that's probably not miles away from, from possible. Mm. But gee, 1.5%, if you're a borrower, this is a plus territory. It just doesn't get any better. It does. The only the only caveat I'd put on that is is that for most people, the debt that they take on is for a mortgage. Yep. And mortgages tend to most people on average twenty to thirty years. You're talking about. So I think the mistake a lot of people make, and you're absolutely right. This is this is grade A stuff in terms of interest rates. This is as good as it kind of gets. Uh, but don't don't take out a very very long date of debt expecting that it will be one point five percent forever. <laughs> right, it will go up at some stage. What's your grade? So I, I'm going to give this a B plus. I'm going B to give plus. B plus territory. All right. Now, listeners, settle in. Get yourself a coffee. Just just relax and get comfortable. Speaking of interest rates, I'm going to ask Andrew about property prices. <laughs> this in. could take a while.
Yeah, well, they're ridiculous, mate. They, they, that's all I'll say. They, they are insanely high. Um, and that's not because they're just more than they were. You look at it and you standardize it against rents. You standardize it against income. We're the undisputed world champions. Doesn't mean that that rubber band can't be stretched any further. Absolutely it can. I would have told you the same thing three years ago and look what prices have done. But one thing I will say unequivocally is that the further that band gets stretched, the harder future gains are to achieve. So for me, I think you look at property prices right now, you can't give it anything except an A+. It's been a phenomenal, you know, uh, um, historically super impressive run. It's it's an A+. What if I ask you for a rating for affordability rather than property prices then? Affordability? Well, yeah. again, we, we, we take out, I think... I think we're the world leaders in this, but we are the mo- we have the most unaffordable housing market in the world. So from affordability, I give it an F. <laughs> and that's and that's the story, right? So I, I'm I'm exactly with you. I have to say, look, you know, if if we if we if if higher is better for property prices, then we can't do better. If there's an A plus plus, we probably deserve that, right? So yeah. higher Australian property prices Incredible. relative to almost any other measure, including global and historical numbers. Yep. On the flip side. If, if housing prices are about affordability yeah. and, and we've got plenty of people uh, listening to us, Andrew, who I'm sure are, are, are millennials or maybe even the bottom end of, of your neck saying, dude, how can it be A plus if I can't afford a bloody house within 25 kilometers of the CBD? Yep. So, you know, I think that's right. For, for <laughs> prices alone, if, if that's the scorecard, then it doesn't get any better than Australia. Yep. If affordability is the question, then it doesn't get all that much worse with one exception. Mm-hmm. And this is, goes back to your point. It's actually as affordable to buy a house now as it was 10 years ago. The problem is that it doesn't allow for any rate increases. Right. So you're paying about the same amount of money you were paying 10 years ago. The problem was that house prices were half the price and interest rates were double. Now, we're not going to have that luxury. If you've got a mortgage at today's house prices, you're not going to have, if house prices double from here, half from here, you don't get any, you don't get any benefit, right? So that's, that's the real risk. And that's why affordability, I think, is absolutely an outright big red letter F. Motley Fool Money. Financial advice for real people, not trust fund hippies. Sign up for the newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. All right, let's go from property to shares. The ASX, where are we sitting? It's done pretty well, really, isn't it? We're, we're still we're on, uh, on track to end the year uh, up a little bit. Uh, we're not back at sort of pre-GFC levels, but we're up there. We're up there. Certainly, it's getting closer. The the US, um, US at, the time of, at the time of recording was a whisker away from Dow 20,000, which is completely meaningless, but one of those things that we like to use. We like round numbers round as numbers, humans. Yep. So we say 20,000 is good, 19,999 and a half is no yeah. good. 20,000, 1.2, we're like, ah, oh, we don't really care, but 20,000, man, that's a big deal. <laughs> so look, that's, where, that's where we're at at the moment. The US, the US market is sky high. Australian market, look, we're, we're still carrying the, the weight of, of the miners and banks. And, and while they're recovering, they've had a good couple of months, um, they haven't, hasn't been exactly the same sorts of growth that will propel our shares as high. We're simply way overweight, banks and miners. And so there's a bit more to go to get that back to, to historical levels. Uh, look, I think, you know, from a, from a level perspective, we're probably a solid... I guess a B plus when as high as we have been, but we're higher than we you know could have otherwise been. And certainly, our miners and our banks have benefited from the Trump trade, so that's good news for those guys. Um, so probably B plus on a on a on an affordability basis, on a PE basis. Mm-hmm. Maybe you take the other end of that, so maybe a C minus. I think we're probably. I'm going to match you there. Yeah, okay. I think that's about right. Yeah. So we're probably yeah. you know we're in a situation where it could be more affordable. Things could be better. Valuations do require a decent amount of growth, and frankly, it might it might be delivered. But there's not a lot of evidence of super cheap shares. That being said, we're not saying don't buy. I would keep buying regardless. Um, but if you're asking just to, uh, a quick report card, mm. I reckon B plus for the index, but a C minus for affordability. I'll match you there. And mate, we'll end on wages. Okay. What's happening with wages lately? Nothing. Yeah. That's almost, been the almost, case for a while, yeah, right? Almost in, literally in real nothing. terms, no one's gotten a pay rise for yeah, a while. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been a tough few years, yep. frankly. Um, look, and 
it's one of those funny things, Andrew, because inflation's also been pretty moderate. So right, you know right. what? We kind of whenever we individually look at wages, we think, well, do I have more more dollars in my bank than I did last year or the year before? Yeah. And if the answer is no, then I feel like I'm kind of ripped off. Yep. The funny thing about that is most people would rather a three percent wage rise in a four percent inflation environment, which means yes. you're actually going backwards, yes. than a one percent wage rise when inflation is flat, and you're yep. actually going forwards. Yes. So you know in terms of the, purchasing power. It's the differential yeah. between what you're getting and what you're paying, right? And so if your wages increases faster than inflation, you're doing well. No matter what the absolute numbers are, it's the relativity that matters. Yep. Um, that being said, I think they're both flat. I think this is probably a straight out flat B. If B is middle of the range, it probably is. You know, an A or a B plus is great. A C minus or a D is probably bad. Um, certainly not a fail. Um, people, you know, again, some of listeners are screaming at the, at, the, at the podcast right now saying, my wages haven't gone up. How can that be a B? B is at least mm. a good result. It's an F because mm. I haven't got a pay rise. Yeah. Um, I think it's fair to say that if, if, if we rather than looking at wages, if we're looking at standard of living, mm. I think it's fair to say standard of living has improved because we're getting more for our buck. Yep. Um, we're getting about as many dollars as we used to, but prices are about what they used to be. So all that's been equal, we're pretty much flat. And, and I would say that the benefits of you know, the same car you buy for 30 grand now is much, much better than the car you bought five years ago. Yep. The computer you buy for two grand is now only costing you 500 bucks. Yep. Um, you know, so much has improved intangibly. I reckon that's, we said wages. If I call it standard of living, I reckon it's a straight up B, maybe even a B plus. Okay, mate. I'm going to go with a B plus as well. Round it up for me. Put a knot in all of, uh, tie a bow around all of that. Overall right. score, state, state of the economy. Where do you, where do you stand? Oh, mate, I'm not doing so. I'm going for a B plus. Solid, gonna, solid B plus. Yeah, I'm gonna go. But yeah, I'm gonna go a notch down. B oh, for me. Of course you B. are. Could always be better. What? You know, that miserable uh, bastard. <laughs> well, we've looked at the past. We've looked at the present. Indeed. Let's cast the gaze forward. Yes. Everyone does this at this time of year. You know, <laughs> That's right. Every pundit out there. You know, mate, what's going to happen in 2017? And here's the funny. This is the thing that always bowls me over is that every <laughs> year they get asked. Yep. Every year they give an answer. Yep. And usually a hyper-specific answer, you know, but, but, you know, really high levels of certainty. And yet no one asks at this time of year, which I would love. I would love at this time of year we say, all right, let's see what Fred said at the start of the year. Let's look what they said and let's see how they've gone. You, mm. you know, some people have actually done that and it turns out the record is terrible. So with that caveat in mind, <laughs> what's 2017 going to bring? One of my favorite quotes, favorite, I got a lot of investing quotes that I like. And one of my favorites is experts don't forecast because they know, but because they're asked. Yeah, that's so true. So, you know what? We, I'm, I'm going to give you an answer because that's what I'm here for, yeah. right? And you ask me a question, I'll give you an answer. Okay. Uh, you, know, <laughs> you, know what my, you know what my first forecast for 2017 is? What? I will be wrong. Yes. That, 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 I forecast. can take that to the bank. Yeah. That is absolutely forecast. cast iron, yeah, right? right. Um, I love I love uh, JP Morgan, not the uh, investment bank, but the man who, yeah. who founded it. He's got this wonderful saying. He used to be yeah. asked by reporters all the time. Very successful investor in mm -hmm. his own right. Reporters used to say, you know, JP, what's 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 the market going to do? And he had a three word <laughs> answer, which I love, and because he was always right. And I and this is the answer. This is the prediction I'm going to go with. He said it will fluctuate. <laughs> you can take that forecast to the bank. 2017 markets will fluctuate. So if it finishes anything other than exactly halfway, I'll be right. <laughs> I'm not sure about that. Speaking of JP Morgan, I'm not sure about JP Morgan or Morgan Stanley, but a CEO recently came out and basically said, we give people market level because they ask us for it, yeah. but we're not very good at it. We don't use them ourselves. Yeah, we're not well, we don't it. use them internally. No, no, no. You got um, something you sell. All of that said, so look, that, that is the first forecast. Frankly, listeners, if you stop listening now and go and enjoy your Christmas turkey, I wouldn't blame you because um, that's pretty much done. But look. <laughs> let's go, let's go uh, to the pub. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Bye. Get more Motley Fool money advice at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. We better finish this off in some sort of professional style, albeit, albeit a couple of days before Christmas. I think I think 2017 will, well, I think you'd say it will fluctuate. I think that's right. I think the reality is that on a macro level, Donald Trump is still an unknown quantity. Yep. Maybe he's the best president the US ever has. Maybe he's the worst. Maybe he muddles through. Um, 
he is such an unknown quantity in the Oval Office. The, 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 the range of advisors and secretaries of different departments he's appointed are so far out of the box. This is, this is, this is, a, this is a spectacularly mm-hmm. big experiment. Yep. And no one, no one knows. Anyone who does what they know is lying. Yeah. Um, with a Clinton or an Obama or a Kennedy or a Reagan, a Clinton, you know roughly what you're going to get. You're going to get slight variations on the theme, right? Because they all know they'll change things around the edges where they can. Donald Trump is an absolute iconoclast, mm. and frankly, he has a full he has full control of both houses of the U.S. Parliament. So their ability to change things is mm. unprecedented in mm. modern times. We have a president who's unprecedented, and that does have the the potential to really see markets seesaw backwards and forwards. So I, I I think as we always should say, expect the unexpected. But particularly in the next twelve months, I think you know if we end up if we end up the year without a major the most surprised i'll be is if we end the year without a major swing or fluctuation specifically on a macro level yeah i i think i agree with you here here's a, here's something that i think raises a few eyebrows whenever i'm at a barbecue or something like that and someone will say ah oh, so what's what's the market going to go, go where's it going to go this yeah, year exactly. i got no idea wait how, i mean you've got to at least have an inkling <laughs> i mean you, you're paid to do that how uh-huh. can you say that with a straight face yeah um so how do you square that circle? How can you, as a professional investor, yep. say, on one hand, I've got no idea what the year is going to bring and yet still go ahead and say, I think it's a good... You just said it. I think it's a good time to buy shares. Yes. Well, how, yes. how, do you, how do you reconcile that? So here's the thing. We know the market's going to go up 10% a year on average over the long term. And by 10%, it's never going to be 10% a year. One on year average. it'll be up 60%, one year it'll be down 30%, but probably average around 10 Correct. And so if you're betting either against the market or you're not investing at all, mm. statistically, you are basically betting that the, you'll, you'll lose to the market. Mm-hmm. If I don't invest today, mm. over the next 10 years, the market's probably going to go up 10% a year on average, right? Mm-hmm. Now, if it does go close to that, if I don't invest today, I'm actually costing myself money by not investing. Opportunity cost. So the only yeah. thing I can do, the only thing I can do is keep investing in the market. Now, mm-hmm. we, we've, you know, we've, we've, we've both seen companies that we thought were dog, dogs that had gone really well. Yep. We've both seen companies that, are, that we thought were great that had gone terribly. Yes. And we've probably bought some of them. Yep. And, and overall, the market has still gone up and gone up by a lot and gone up, gone up over time on average by about 10%. So mm-hmm. the reality is you can't know what the future brings. Mm-hmm. Even high PE stocks become low PE stocks if, if profits grow. Look at Domino's. Mm-hmm. Domino's looked expensive at 13, 15, 17, 25, 40, 45, 80 dollars. Yeah. You know, where, where does the number stop? So the, the reality is investing in great quality businesses when they're reasonably priced, I'm not saying buy any price mm-hmm. for any business, but there's always going to be opportunities to buy either an index or your favorite couple of companies that are trading at good prices, yep. you will find they will be there. And I think on average, if you keep doing that, some years you'll have bad returns, mm-hmm. some years have great returns, and on average, you'll do pretty well. And the alternative for that is trying to time the market. You can't do that well. So the only option you're left with mm-hmm. is to keep investing. It's the only option that any reasonably serious, sensible, thoughtful investor yep. Who actually can control their own temperament doesn't think they're the master of the universe. Mm. That's all you can do is just keep investing. For me, it's the difference between I agree with all of that, and it's the difference between speculation and investing. And I'm not talking about day trading here, although that's absolutely speculation. Oh dear. Um, uh, but, but you know, if you're buying a share today because you you have a reason in your head that you think that's going to be worth more in the future. In other words, there's going to be a greater fool out there that's prepared to pay more for your shares than what you paid for them in a year. Now, with most things in, in our life and our experience, a year's a pretty long time. In the market, it's a blink of an eye. Yeah. And so the, the answer I always give is, like, I don't know what's going to happen in 2017, but it doesn't matter. It's that generally right versus specifically wrong thing. So for me, it's just about saying, look, is this company that I'm buying going to be around in 10 years' time? And at that point in time, is it going to be earning materially more than it is today? Mm. And as the price that I'm paying, 
roughly account for that. And, and if all of those things match up, I don't know if it's going to triple tomorrow or it's going to go, it's going to be cut in half next month, but there's a very, very, very good chance that you do that enough times, the average will come out very, very favorably and be damned what happens over the next 12 months. I'm, I'm, I'm not speculating on that very, very narrow time frame. And that is our forecast for 2017. There you go, fools. So, uh, Scott, thanks again for your time. Thank you, Andrew. Uh, don't forget, you can subscribe to us at uh, the iTunes store, or of course, you can go to the uh, your favorite Android podcast app. Uh, go to the website too, if you like, triplem.com.au forward slash podcast. And we always ask, uh, it does us a big favor, give us a five-star rating if you would be so inclined. Scott, until next time, full on. Full on, and have a fantastic and wonderful Merry Christmas, Fools. We appreciate you being with us. We hope your Christmas break is fantastic and very, very festive. Go easy on the grog, don't drive, keep yourself safe, and we'll see you after Christmas. Full on. Full on. The Motley Fool and people appearing in this program may have positions in the companies mentioned. General advice only. Please speak to your financial professional to understand how it may pertain to your situation. Subscribe to the free newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. The Motley Fool operates under financial services license 400691.